0: This is the Bushwick Variety Show, and I'm Alex Stevens III. Greetings, neighbors, friends, and conscious beings of all various types. Thank you very much for listening to the Bushwick Variety Show. This is episode number 14. This episode features my conversation with Seydu Zeke. MC, rapper band leader of cross culture and one of the hardest working people in nyc as he has two full-time jobs he has the job of being the band leader for cross culture and trust me i've seen him in action he puts in hard work and he also has a full-time job as a teacher of high school and he also puts in his work there I had a great time talking to Sadu about music, about business, about the music business, about the educational system. We talked about a lot of different things. We even kind of had two conversations. Uh, The first part of the talk was kind of like a straightforward interview, and then it seemed like it was kind of coming to a conclusion, and then we ended up talking more about a whole host of other things. I had a great time talking with him. This conversation, like all the conversations, was recorded in my studio in the Rack Shack in Bushwick, Brooklyn, an all-inclusive lingerie store, and the links to Sadu's band Cross Culture are available in the show notes for this episode on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts or on bushwickvarietyshow.com. But now, let's have a conversation. Kings, well, all right, Sadu, how you doing, man? good i'm good how you doing pretty good pretty good uh man it's been a long time
1: i know it has it has it has man
0: how you been how you
1: been good man you know just
0: getting started with this project uh i know uh you're an MC, and i know you do uh a lot of uh cross-platform projects yes sir your group is called uh cross culture if i'm not mistaken yes sir yeah Mm -hmm. how how you doing good good man
1: um yeah i mean the group group is doing well we uh just laid down uh five tracks um so we're gonna record some vocals and um plan to put out a project later on this year um we put out our project uh majesty last year at the end of last year um so yeah we're trying to keep the engine moving and um looking to do some touring at the end of this year
0: nice mm-hmm. um and you're the band leader um or- you guys compose together? How does like the composition project process uh, happen? It, it's
1: very organic. We try different methods. Pretty much, I'll just schedule a time for us to get together. We get together, and it, I, I call it magic sometimes, because sometimes I'll come in with an idea. Sometimes other members of the band will come in with an idea. Sometimes, you know, we won't even have an idea, and we'll just, like, create something. So, um the process is very, very organic. Um, and it, a lot of times it starts out at nothing and then it ends up being something that's
0: great. Nice. Yeah. And how did uh, how did the project come together initially?
1: Initially, it was just me wanting to form a group. So back in 2014, um, you know, I was a, just a solo artist. Um, then I started performing with a band in 2014. And then I kind of wanted to actually had my own band, um, but I wanted, to, wanted it to be representative of me and kind of how I grew up. Um, and so I, although I was born in Brooklyn, um, you know, Crown Heights, I was raised uh, in Staten Island. And I lived a good portion of my life in Staten Island. And when I lived, a lot of my friends were friends of different races, um, which I didn't experience in Brooklyn. So I really found that experience to be very rich. And was like, oh, cool, you know, uh, a lot of people are of different races, cultures, mindsets, and so on and so forth. Um, so I wanted the group that I formed to be, you know, a represent, representation of that. Um, and so that's kind of how the sort of members came about in terms of, like, the type of members that I was looking for. Um, but then ultimately, that's how the name came about.
0: Mm. Yeah. Where did, you, uh, where did you meet most of the members
1: at? Um, you know, it was crazy because initially I just used Craigslist and I was just like looking for people. Um, And then um, I learned that the people who ended up being in the band were friends of friends who were who I already knew um, in the music. And then they were kind of like their friends who they kind of were like, oh, yeah, you know, we're looking for a guitar player. This guitar player is really good. He's a friend of mine. Um, So a lot of it was kind of like references and kind of started initially from our bass player, Jude. Um, who was kind of like the first person who I really met in the process. Um, and then, you know, Jude introduced me to some of his friends who introduced me to other friends um, and kind of, you know, the group formed that way. Nice. Yeah. And then Nemesis, of course, um, is, um, she's my wife now. But before that, um, she was just an MC who I became friends with because she was just a dope MC. Um, and kind of, you know, as we became closer friends you know she eventually joined the band
0: nice how long have you guys been married
1: uh we just got married this summer
0: congratulations yeah, brother. thank you thank yeah. you thank you how's that going so far
1: so far so good so far so good actually it's crazy i'm saying just got married this summer but really um we got married in july and so in a few months it's actually going to be our anniversary because we got married july 15th of last year actually. yeah yeah so yeah it goes
0: fast so fast I'm in my second or third year <laughs> um yeah,
1: yep, Us, it feels like you like just got married, yeah,
0: yeah, um how did you uh come into music?
1: you know, it's crazy because, um, when I was in it was it was late for me, you know a lot of people they they do music for pretty much their whole life. Me, I came into music very late in life. It was in college. um, I had friends um, because I was on a track team in college. I had friends who did music in college. One of my good friends, Keenan Goggins, kind of, um, he was on the track team, but he was also a producer and a rapper, and he was part of this group called True to Life Music, Um, and I was friends with those guys, so I used to hang out with them, and, um, you know, eventually I started making music, um, and kind of, you know, not in their group, but kind of like just in conjunction with them. Um, and so, you know, Keenan would make beats, I would rap over them, I would make songs and so on and so forth. And we sort of built our musical friendship um, throughout college, um, but really didn't ta- take it, start taking, serious, taking it serious till like, you know, maybe four years after college, um, after I graduated. Um, and that was simply because um, I felt it was a calling. Um, you know, I still am, but, um, you know, I was a teacher right out of college. Um, and I was doing that and I realized like, this is cool, but ultimately this is not where I see myself for the rest of my life. Um, and so I said, okay, you know, I'm going to teach. I I enjoy it. I do enjoy kids. However, um, music was something that I felt was, you know, what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I was 26 actually when I started music. Um, I said, okay, you know, I'm just going to do this seriously. Um, so that's when actually put out a mixtape um, just of like all solo stuff. Um, and I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to keep doing this. And then, you know, I quickly learned, I'm like, this would be a lot better with the band. Um, and that's kind of when I started performing with the band, um, which was another band called Tatterhood, which was like just friends, childhood friends of mine who I performed with um, and then kind of wanted to form my own band. Um, and so all this happened within 2014. So this was pretty like it was pretty quick. Um, but at the same time, it was like, you know, something that I knew I was supposed to be doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was like, uh, brooding for a while and then the transformation happened, kind of came together in 2014. Exactly. Nice. Um, yeah. Nice. Um, did you, like, is your main influence hip hop?
1: You know, my main influence is hip hop, but my influence is definitely range. Um, when I was growing up and that's the beauty of, you know, being somebody from staten island because um because I knew a lot of different people um when I was in Brooklyn, you know hip hop was the only it was only that was like the only type of music hip hop and r and b um whereas um when I moved to Staten island, you know I seen people uh, you know I saw people like who were friends of corn, you know like punk rock, um even country music, all different types of music that I had come to actually enjoy. Um, and I was just a big music buff, um, in, in high school, especially. Um, and I just enjoyed music. Um, and throughout my time in high school and college music was that thing to do. Um, and so as a result, you know, move, you know, fast forwarding to cross culture, I wanted to put all those genres in, and I just wanted to mix them in the music. Um, and I knew it'd be difficult because it's like, you know, when you're an mc people only see you as an mc and only see like hip-hop um as a type of music but you know as we started to collaborate we started to realize like we can easily throw a lot of different genres into this music um and it still be hip-hop at the root but it still be other genres um when you kind of you know view it from more of an outside view
0: mm-hmm. yeah. nice uh what do you see? What's kind of your vision for the future with the project?
1: Yeah, um, I mean, definitely, we definitely want to hit the road. We definitely want to tour. Um, definitely want to, like, this next project we put out, this first project was, was really dope, um, and, you know, we want to keep that project going and keep getting traction from that, um, keep getting, you know, placements from that. But this second project, we really want to take this project and make this project something that can be sort of a, a life-changing project. Uh, can be something that, you know, can be the project that helps us start to sort of get a lot more fans all over the country, all over the world, and, you know, puts us in a position to tour, I'm going to eventually, you know, do it full time.
0: What's kind of the message in the music? Um,
1: The message in the music really is to, I mean, there's a lot of different messages, but it's really to be yourself. Um, Mm. So when I rap, when I make songs, a lot of them are about myself, my experiences, um, and just sort of like how i feel at a certain moment in time um and so going from a song such as if i think about our first project going from a song such as like pride and eagle where i'm like being very very specific about my experiences just you know like as a musician as a teacher and in the music field um to a song that you know like rock all night and going to church which are more party songs but still are representing sort of my feeling and how I'm feeling you know, about life in terms of wanting to let loose, in terms of wanting you know people to go to church and have fun and so on and so forth. So um, I definitely always try to bring myself to the tracks um, and at the same time um, have the band bring themselves to the track. Um, Cause the beauty about the songs is the songs have evolved from when they were first composed to where they are now. Um, And a lot of that is the band members, you know, adding their own spice and their own influence into the group. Because the beautiful thing about our band members, too, is that there aren't all the same type of band member. You know, some specialize in jazz, some are more like hip hop, some are more pop, um, some are more rock. So when they bring that all together, the, you know, the combination is pretty, pretty great.
0: Nice. Yeah. Um,. Just thinking something. I'm sorry. <laughs> um. All right. So tell me about uh. I guess you said you did. You came into music later. Mm-hmm. Um. What were you did track earlier? Was mm-hmm. that your thing? Like growing up? It
1: was. Um. So when I when I started, I mean, I started running track in high school. You know, freshman year of high school. Um. Ran it throughout high school. Ran it throughout college. Um. I was actually pro for like a half of a year, really. Um, And, you know, track was something that I felt like I can do. And if I continued to be pro and I kept doing it, you know, I may have qualified for the Olympics. Um, But, you know, I didn't. Um, And part of the reason was for the same reason, you know, I I view, you know, teaching. I mean, I love it. I love track. Um, But ultimately, where I see myself is I see myself in music in some way, shape, or form, Um, and hopefully with this band being the band that is touring and, you know, helping my life. Because, you know, it's not just about the touring um, more than it is about the fulfillment of just doing what you're supposed to do and what you feel like you were called to do.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what do you think about the current educational system and status like i see gosh. there's a lot of uh strikes happening right now mm. around the country um and with your experiences and knowledge and perspective yeah um do you think that's something you would address like through the music or of course
1: yeah I'm, um, gosh uh i mean i don't know where to start uh First of all, teachers teaching is probably arguably one of the most underappreciated careers. I agree. Um, Just from, you know, from a financial standpoint, of course, but then also just from like a standpoint of how people view it. You know, people view teaching as like a fallback career. They view teaching as a career that doesn't require much work. They view teaching as a career that's like not really a career. Um, you know, people just look down on, t- on teaching and teachers and in New York, it's bad, but it's worse out of New York. Um, You know, New York, at least you can make like a decent living and like, you know, be able to like support yourself and have a family um, if you decided to teach for the rest of your life. Whereas in other co- states, um, I want to say other countries because some countries teaching is really, really appreciated. Um, but in other states, you know, Oklahoma, as an example, some teachers don't even make a living wage. I mean, one of the teachers had to eat at a soup kitchen because he couldn't, you know, afford his, you know, afford to like go shopping, you know, every like other week. Yeah. Um, and it's it's kind of insane. Um, and that's definitely one of the things that I do want to address, um, especially when I get to the point where I have like a big influence. Um, because you know teachers need to be appreciated more Um, and I mean there's a lot of money circulating through our government there's a lot of money circulating through just you know private businesses and so on and so forth Um, you know with the addition of charter schools that's been a help um, because um, some charter schools have public and private funding so they've been able to pay their teachers a little bit more Um, but it's still not to a point where I feel like sorry I feel like it's like you know representative of what the teachers actually do I mean You're talking about teachers who are, you know, coming in, you know, 730 in the morning, sometimes seven o'clock in the morning, sometimes even earlier. Come preparing for lessons, then you got to grade papers, then you got to deal with parent phone calls after school. It's really it's a 24 seven job, but it's definitely a job that it's at least you're putting in at least 10 hours a day um, at a minimum and sometimes more if you're doing more things. Um, you know, have more responsibilities. So teaching is a is a tough job, um, and it's a tough job that people don't think it's tough. Um, and people think, you know, oh, you know, I decided to go and I don't know, get this degree, get this MBA, and become this business person. And so I'm so much better as a person than a teacher. And you know, that's not really true. Not to say that those things aren't you know respected because they clearly are. Um, you know, but teaching should be respected just as just as much. Uh, I mean, I know there's there's not much money in the teaching just when it comes to like where the money comes from and that's something that i would want to be able to put more money into because i i do think that the resources for teacher funding is are, are very limited um just when you think about you know it's mostly government programs that or the government that gives teachers money when you think about like where it's funneled through um and it's not a huge private backing. I'm, you know, now with charter schools there is a little bit more, but there are a lot of charter schools who do not have private funding. Um and just kind of work off public funding. So, um it's tough and you know, some people think that, you know, charter schools are a hustle and and some charter schools there are, but many times, you know, it's just like teachers don't make enough money, so we got to find some way to be able to pay a teacher what they're worth, you know, and and get teachers to stay because, you know, retention is an issue. Um, especially at the charter school level. But even just at the public school level, a lot of teachers don't stay, especially, you know, young teachers, especially black teachers, don't stay for an extended period of time because they just say, like, this thing is not going to really put me in a position where I can support my family down the road, especially, you know, if you don't have two incomes, you know. So, um, you know, something I could talk about for a long time, but long story short, it's definitely uh, a cause that I want to, you know, put, you know, time effort money and influence into because i think it's one that's you know worth speaking about and shout out to chance the rapper who you know continues to you know fight for schools in chicago um you know I, i hope that there's more people like him um i'm hoping that he's inspiring more people to do that um but you know that's just one example i mean chicago is just one city and chicago public schools is just one part of chicago um and so you know if that kind of influence can continue to permeate throughout the whole country and teachers could get, you know, uh, the, des- the respect that they deserve. Uh, you know, even from their students, you know, like a lot of teachers talk about how like their students don't really respect them because they, the students view them as people who are either doing fullback careers or are quote, unquote, just doing it for a check, which is just a crazy mindset because you know many teachers don't get those checks Um, but then also crazy mindset too because um, you know these are the people who they spend a lot of time with trying to enrich and they're not always respected by those people Um, and then also not respected oh sorry also not respected just by the general public so
0: yeah Mm. how do you find uh, time like with doing that and then doing music which both like have (sighs) to be full-time grinds like in in New York for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um you know, I I I say I have full, two full-time jobs. Yeah. Literally, you know, I wake up in the morning, um you know, I go to work. Um after work, I do something music related. Um if I'm not going out to an event, uh, if I'm not, you know, doing an interview, if I'm not, you know, doing something else that's like specifically involves like communicating with people, I'm writing songs, you know. So some way, shape, or form, I'm doing music every day, um, and you know, I mean, I I love it. So you know, it's even though it's another full time job, it doesn't always feel like work because you know, I enjoy doing it, and it's actually how I express myself. Um, you have like a tissue or something.
0: No, I don't think
1: I'll, su- I'll survive. Okay. Um, but um, but yeah, so you know, I always feel like. I'm always feel like I'm doing music because sometimes like being at work inspires me to do music because sometimes I'll get a certain feeling at work or I'll be, you know, just like something will come while I'm working. Uh, And, you know, that's how some songs are made too. literally I'll just be like at work and like either some kind of interaction happens or some kind of incident happens at at the job, um, you know, with like a student or with an adult or. I'm just thinking. While I'm like on a prep um, and a song idea will come and I'm like, okay, I got to write this down. Um, And so music is one of those things that's always in me and always will be in me. Um, And the power to write music um, and the gift that I've been given um, to write music is it's been a great gift. And, you know, I'm always appreciative uh, consistently. Nice.
0: Um, Do you have any advice for young younger people or just people maybe early on in the process of maybe mm-hmm. wanting to do music where you were you know now with what you know
1: yeah I'm I mean one of the things is don't be afraid to take the leap you know a lot of people um and, and that's the kind of phase I went through when I first got out of college it was like should I really pursue this or sh- or is this too much of a dream or is this something that's not feasible Um, or is this something that I can't balance or should I prioritize differently? Um, you know, I had all those feelings and it took a long time for me to like get over those feelings and say, okay, music, I want to do music and I'm going to make it work. You know, regardless, I'm still going to take my other life seriously, but at the same time, I'm still going to, you know, do music. Um, and it's one of those things that, you know, young people sometimes struggle with, you know, especially people who went to college. Um, because, you know, those people feel the pressure either from their parents or just feel internal pressure to like, not do something that has a lot of risk in it. Um, and music has a lot of risk and, you know, you can put a lot of time, effort and money and not make it. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, if you're really driven, uh, you'll make it in some way, shape or form. Um, and you know, people need to understand that. Like if you want to do music, do it. There's a way to support yourself doing music. Um, and it's also a way to really fulfill yourself doing music.
0: Nice. Um, yeah, I feel pretty good about, about that. Um, mm-hmm. is there anything else you want to talk about?
1: Um, you know, I guess one thing that I kind of want to talk about a little bit, um, it's just really the state of the world. And then it kind of relates to education and re- relates to music. Um, and so like right now, Like, you know, politics is a hot topic because everybody, you know, is talking about, you know, what Donald Trump is doing and, you know, the tension between the Democratic and Republican parties right now and the movements um, of a lot of people away from both parties. And Mm -hmm. I find that very be very interesting because um, politics is always and it still is always very two sided. It's like you either have to be a Donald Trump supporter or you have to be a Hillary Clinton supporter, or you have to lean, you know and that's where the term right and left come from. You have to lean right or you have to lean left. You can't be in the middle because then you're not a true human being, you know. So whenever I, I speak and I will disagree with somebody who is like a super strong left democratic, was raised democratic or you know, may even be in activism. Um, they'll be like, oh, well, you're just, you know, Uncle Tom, but Donald Trump supporter. And if I do the other thing to somebody who's a super strict Donald Trump supporter, um, they're like, oh, well, you're just like an angry leftist black person, so on and so forth. And it's crazy how black gets associated with left, white gets associated with right. And I just don't think
0: it should be that way because. Well, I also even think Democrat and Republican, right and left. Like, I'm, I definitely more think of myself as an independent. exactly, um, And I'm probably left of what the Democratic Party stands for. And that's my frustration. And it's also, that doesn't mean that I'm one way on every issue. It's exactly. like I have certain things that I care about. And ultimately, I think it's important to have conversations and exactly. talk about these things. Mm-hmm. And it's not about Democrat and Republican. Because really, like if we're getting into it, I'm not happy with the state of affairs um, in the government right now. Like, period. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like, period. Um, you know, and Democratic or Republican, it's, it's like
1: we got to figure something out. You know, we got to improve. And I mean, you know, people say that all the time. And I know it's difficult because if I was in those shoes, I'm like, I may not know exactly what to do or how to do it because some people have great solutions that will actually work, but then they're not allowed to do
0: it because of the, all, all the political pressure, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like you got to keep the conversation going. Um I think it's gotten too polarized. Yeah. And to a stupid level,
1: you know? Mm-hmm. Um
0: we have to be able to talk. Like we have to be able to talk about things and have an open debate um without tearing somebody down just because you disagree with them. Mm-hmm. I do think, you know, if somebody's truly speaking hateful rhetoric and encouraging violent hateful actions right like there are things you have to stand up to also yeah but it's those things and those actions and yeah if the person is you know really doing it you have to stand up to the person too but getting caught up with like just oh these people in this part of the country they sold me out and those people you know up up north the the liberals in the you know they they think they're better than everybody it's like no it's not it's not like that like Mm -hmm. We're all we all neighbors. We all have like different things and different things in common. And, yeah, we got to keep that conversation going. You know,
1: exactly. And, um, you know, I think about that in relation to the band and the beauty, beauty of it is that, um, you know, even though it's not necessarily political, people come from different uh, sort of thought processes about how music is created. You know, um, you know, some musicians are like, OK, we got to sit here and we got to write this music out and we got to make charts and we got to do all that. Um, and some musicians are like, just come in and just, you know, figure something out. Um, and I'm kind of like in the middle because, I you know, I don't, I don't read music. Um, and, you know, sometimes music just needs to be organic. I think that's like part of the process. But at the same time, I do respect the need for structure in the music. Um, and so musicians come from different mindsets. But the beauty about cross culture is everybody's able to come together and work together. And it's a beautiful thing because... Um, this best music, I think, is created by people who sort of really, really have different mindsets because there's a sort of a check balance system that just happens naturally, where it's like, okay, this thing is really cool. Oh, wait, we're going too far off track. Oh, we need this structure. Oh, but let's sort of let this part be free. you know, so there's a lot of different thoughts that come into creating the music. Um, And I kind of think cross culture is kind of a microcosm of at least my world um, and a world that I would hope would be more existent. Because I I think about, you know, you know, music aside, I think about like our country and there's just so much segregation of thought that exists. Um, And it's crazy to think that like there's certain parts of the world in which almost everyone is one political party. And almost everyone is a different political party somewhere else. It's just a crazy thought because it's like, wait, so you're telling me that I can be in New York, right? And a lot of people can be Democratic and be blue and and lean towards the right. I mean, lean towards the left. But then I go to, uh, I don't know, or I go to Staten Island, for example, where... Staten Island literally is split into two where there's one part of Staten Island that's like very democratic and the other part that's very republican, and then there's like the middle the middle of Staten Island where like it's a
0: mix up of things, and that's that's what I enjoy. see and I didn't even know that my impression was Staten Island was just pretty much republican mm-hmm, I mean I guess except for maybe specifically where like the Wu Tang clan is from or something you know like because mm-hmm. i but that's just like somebody not knowing much, even though I live in New York City, like I don't know much about that borough as much other than what I've heard.
1: Exactly. And to
0: base all of my assumptions, like to realize, you know, you do have assumptions, but to check yourself and know that anytime you have assumptions, that might, you might, your assumptions usually are just assumptions mm-hmm. and not not the reality of the situation. Like there's things you have to like, you don't know until you find out, you know. Exactly, and
1: that's that, that's the that's the crazy part, and I mean that applies, you know, to everything. You know what I mean? People have assumptions about. I mean, just bringing it towards the music, um, people have assumptions about what cross culture does, right? And people have assumptions just because I'm an MC, I'm gonna have to have this one type of music, and it's gonna be hip hop boom bap, or it's gonna be hip hop trap. Um, and you know, I mean, we do that. But at the same time, we have a lot of we tap into a lot of other genres. Sometimes we tap into genres that we don't even know we tapped into until like other people hear the song. And it was like, oh, I heard a little bit of country and we're like, wait, what? We weren't even thinking that. But the fact that people heard that makes it beautiful because a lot of different people can appreciate the music um, and know that it's just good music. Yeah. Um, and I really appreciate good music. That's why I like to go out and support music a lot, because. I like to see people do music, and I, and I, and I, you know, and when I say do music, I mean that literally, like because the difference between playing music and doing music, doing music, is the process of like actually like taking music and making it something and like performing it and you know living by music, and that's what I call doing music. Um, and to see that is just incredible. Um, and you know, I I you know I love to see that continue to manifest itself because i think music is also very ther- very therapeutic um but then at the same time um i think music is really a way that people express themselves within this world um and and it's good to hear it's you know it's good to hear people's perspectives behind the music um and to the other point you made just about like you know that's you know your assumptions about staten island are based of what you see um what you've heard rather um a lot of people hear a lot of things, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's like the basis of our world. Like we hear something and then people make assumptions. And I think, you know, although obviously information has to be given one, you know, in, in a certain way. In other words, you know, you're, you're not always going to hear from a primary source. However, I do think that people should always have an open mind because sometimes what they hear isn't completely true or it might be true from that perspective. Because people have different perspectives of the same thing, and that's another thing that sometimes people mis you know construe sometimes people say like this is fake news, right. and it's like, okay you you think that because that perspective is different and you know a lot of people, even though they say they're fair and balanced and they're never biased it's not true. People always have their biases. CNN has a democratic bias, but doesn't mean that what they report is fake. it just means that what they report is from a more democratic standpoint. So they're likely going to have people who give opinions that are democratic because they also are opinion network as well. Um, But a lot of people don't get that. A lot of people just say, you know, CNN is fake news. Or on the other side, Fox News has got to be fake news because they come from a different perspective. But a lot of times they report the same thing, but they report it from a different perspective and they have that bias. Um, And as much as news channels don't want to say they have bias almost every news channel, almost every media source, um, even when it comes to people who are just like pundits, there's bias. Um, and people will say, Oh, there's no bias. There's never any bias because they want to be viewed as that person who's
0: balanced. But the truth of the matter is you have a bias, you know? I will say though, I have heard from independent sources that Fox news doesn't always do a good job of fact checking. Um, and that's a little bit problematic. Um, of course, there's different bi- biases, but as far as um, what used to be like our uh sorry journalistic standards, sometimes um, you know like truth a meter or these these um, institutions that kind of track and keep track of news organizations, they I've heard again, mm-hmm. I'm not doing I, like, right, I haven't right. done all the research, but I have heard that third party sources say Fox doesn't always report accurate things on top of the bias. Like of course both sides have biases, but that's where I think it gets a little bit dangerous if you're it does.
1: Yeah, I mean it does. And and I would say like there's sometimes and here's the thing too, like there's sometimes where like journalists will report not from a primary source. Right. And that is very, very dangerous because um, you know, I would say I wouldn't I wouldn't say in the past it was completely different. Mm -hmm. Um but now, because there's so many secondary sources, yeah. it is so much easier to get from a secondary source and then report that as a primary source. Mm-hmm. Because, um, And that's the reason why journalism, to me, is less journalism and more like news. <laughs> um, because journalism involved a lot of fact-checking. Journalism, in my opinion at least, was very much like, Okay, let's figure out what the facts are. Let's report the f- let's check the facts. Let's report the facts and then like let's maintain a certain level of integrity. Mm-hmm. Whereas now it's like let's get news out. Yeah, because, the
0: 24-hour pressure.
1: Exactly, because what happens is if I get news out before someone else gets news out, then my channel, my source is going to be viewed more and probably will then develop a reputation that gets other people to want to draw traffic. And because there's so many, so much media, because, you know, Facebook and all these social media platforms have literally made media more social. And so people go to Facebook to get their news, um, where in the past people had to go and watch one of the two channels. Like you had to go watch CNN. You had to go watch Fox News or you had to go watch like MSNBC or you had to watch these different news sources. Now it's like I can go on my phone. I can get something from a secondary source and I can then accept it as a primary source. And then I can go tell this friend that this thing happened, even though what this person reported was from a secondary source. And it might be from like even further down the road because they heard from someone who heard from someone who heard from someone and so on and so forth. And it's like, I feel like media is more like high school now
0: than it was like, you know. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Like, I, I have to check myself like on Facebook. Exactly. Um, because like I share a lot of stories. And in the past, um, I would share things also like if I'm on the go, like I'd see something pop up and be like, oh, I want to read that later. Um, but what's happened is like there's I have a certain amount of friends in my network that like, follow the things that I share because they like the the types of things I'm interested in. You know, right, that's, right. that's how the social network and social media works. Mm-hmm. Um, but so now if I share something and, like, I'm pretty good about it, but sometimes I'll find out that it was a fake story completely, exactly. you know, and it was just me, you know. So now as a person, as a participant um, in that, like, yeah, you have to realize – there are things you can do. And one of them is just fact check. Like it's the old thing, like question everything. Mm-hmm. Um, follow exactly. up. Yeah,
1: exactly. And, um, and that's the crazy part because, you know, you didn't have to do that in the past, you know, because, you know, simply because there was more integrity, but there was also less sources. So the more sources there are, the more of chance of something being just not true. Um, and, you know, and kind of being based off a rumor. Like, for example, you know, I, I think about as a, as a teacher, a, a rumor would get spread, and like, oh, this person goes out with this person. And somebody thought that. It wasn't something that was fact-checked. They just thought that because of something someone may have said. So now instead of reporting what was said, they report, oh, these, this person goes out with this person. And that spreads so quickly that that gets, gets accepted as the truth. Um and you know, and, and I talk about that because you know, that's how social media is very much like school. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, somebody reports something because they heard something or someone else heard something, and then it goes viral. Yeah, and it goes viral to the point where there's so many people who accept it as truth. And then that's when the whole fake news thing is like, well, this isn't true because this was not a primary source. This was something, that someone may have heard and thought rather than it actually being the truth. Um, And so going back to Fox news now, it's more based off of like social media and more based off of like what someone hears or an article someone writes because they thought something or they saw another article and they interpreted it away and it wasn't the truth. Um, And, you know, people just take that in and things go viral, especially if, Fox News, I mean, it's still a very big channel. So Fox News posts something, it's going to go viral, to especially to their base. And it may even go viral to other bases because people are, like, trying to either fact check them or just trying to criticize them. Um, and things go viral so quickly. And when I think about, like, a lot of people, you know, so a lot of people are, like, getting a lot of clout or getting a lot of, like, you know, um, buzz and getting a lot of sort of attention through these social media channels. So they'll make a page. They'll just provide commentary and it'll go viral and these people will then start reporting stuff. Um, and sometimes that stuff isn't true. Yeah. Um, like I think about, uh, you know, Tommy Laren is a big one, um, where she really, she literally has, she doesn't do it as much cause now she's like tied with Fox news. So it's like Fox news insider, but she'll then share her thoughts, mm-hmm. her perspective, There's no truth in that. This is like, I mean, there might be some truth in it, but it's not a report from a primary source. It's what she thinks. Um, But people accept what she thinks as the truth. And people will literally, like, if you go in the comments and you see, like, Tommy Laren, oh, wow, she's really speaking the truth. You know, people who support her. Um, And then on the flip side, you'll have people like Hassan Piker. Who will then report and say, like, oh, she's fake or, oh, she's racist or what is it. And those people will be like, oh, he's speaking the truth. And really the truth is in between those two things. Um, but to really understand the truth, it's so hard now because there's so much. Like, there's so many people telling you things. You know, it's like being in a school. You know, sometimes, especially students who I have good relationships with, They'll come and they'll tell me like, oh, this person goes out with this person. This other person like, no, he doesn't. This person. And it's like, I don't know what to believe because there's just too much news coming out to me, which actually is funny because um, we made cross calls for me. We made a song called fake news and it was like really about that feeling. It was like, okay, you know, I think all this stuff is fake because I'm getting so many different news um, sources Because this person, this says that this person is fake news and this person says this fake news. And now because Donald Trump is in the office, CNN is fake news. But, you know, with someone else in office, Fox News is going to be fake news. So it's like, you know, it's just like a hodgepodge of a lot of things. And it's like very, very hard to decipher what the truth is. Um, And that's literally what like the hook is, is it's hard to decipher the truth because we've been spoon fed lies ever since our youth. Um, And sometimes it feels like that because. Sometimes like people will just like keep telling us things that aren't true, um, because that's how they feel rather than it being the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, a longer way to kind of like get at the point that like Fox News probably isn't always reporting the truth because they're always not getting the truth um, from like whatever sources. They yeah, but that's from.
0: that's I guess what I'm saying is that's their responsibility. Like they have the responsibility. That's like the, if yeah. I if I'm checking myself. You know, and being like, I can do better with the things that I share. They, well, actually, they don't actually claim to be a news organization. They claim to be a news entertainment organization also, which is a little bit, that's like the little workaround thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's like TMZ. But a lot of people don't know that. Like, a lot of their their base and supporters don't realize that aspect, that they're not actually claiming to be a -hmm. a news source actually they're claiming to be news entertainment
1: exactly um and you know and and cnn is very similar um but uh, the thing about cnn is they and i mean fox news does it too but they literally like they take people from one side another side and then like duke it out and like those like duke outs become like viral um and people accept whoever they feel won that Mm -hmm. as the truth you know, so I think of Angela Rye, who actually I referenced in, in the song. She is just a great debater. Like, and I mean, you know, I'm not saying that she is not always telling you. Who is she? So she is. um, OK, so she is a um, she owns like something called uh, like a, a organization called Impact Strategies. Um, She is the congressional, the former director of the con- Black Congressional Black Caucus. I'm getting this totally wrong. Um, but mainly she's an activist and she's, a uh, you know, uh, contributed to CNN news, um, and different CNN news sort of programs. Mm. Um, and so she'll come in and, you know, they'll say, okay, we have, you know, Paris Denard, who's like a super Republican Trump supporter. And then we'll have Angela Rye, who is, you know, former director of the Congressional Black Caucus or whatever. Um, And then, you know, she'll contribute to CNN and she'll like just dominate people because just like she has that personality. Um, and she just knows she just has comebacks, she's just very good at debating. Um, and so people usually accept what she says as truth, um, which is a little dangerous because I look to the other side where there's Ben Shapiro, who is super Republican, Trump supporter, and he's he's also very good at debating. Um, and you know, if you only watch Ben Shapiro, you would automatically say whatever he says is truth. I'm not fact checking, researching anything because he's just so good at debating. You know, what I mean, Harvard educated guy. You know, um, lawyer type of person. Angela Rise, same thing. I mean, not Harvard. I forgot which school she went to, um, but you know, lawyer, very educated, very good at what she does. Um, and we're starting to pop. There's starting to be a lot of people who pop up. Who are like that um there's another girl candace owens was very good at debating She's, you know very witty um but not everything they say is true mm-hmm. <laughs> you know <Or> it's <laughs>
0: yeah it's a partial right like they're using the information in a certain way they're mm-hmm. using that they have the knowledge like they know things and they have an agenda exactly. and so they present information in a certain way to prove their point exactly but maybe not conveniently like leaving out certain things, you know because sometimes everything that they'll say is true
1: but they'll omit things yeah and you know i think omission is actually sometimes more effective so to speak effective is or destructive destructive or yeah. yeah effective for their agenda right um than actually like saying things that are true so it's almost like i want to say this and intentionally omit this other thing because i know that's going to get you to come to my side you know and obviously like somebody like angela rye hates to see people who are black conservatives you know or going to the conservative side because she's like you know this is what i represent you need to come to this side um And on the flip side, Ben Shapiro or Candace Owens, and I use Candace Owens as a good example because she's also black and she's also very good um, at debating, she might be somebody who would be like, come to the conservative side. Um, And it's like, these are two opposing sides. So it's like, somebody's got to be, you know, true, um, you know, and somebody's got to also be the person who is the actual balanced person because they say they're, they're fair and balanced and to an extent they are, but they could only be so fair and balanced because they're representing a certain side. Um, and that, that's unfortunately um, life in general, I mean, across the world, but especially in our country. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, um, you want to talk any more about anything um, else you want to get
1: into? You know, that's pretty much it. Um, but, uh, but you know, but music is kind of the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one thing that um, is important for us to really bring about in music is as um, much sort of inspiration from different people and different you know parts of the world, and that's part of the reason why I want to go on a world tour. I mean, obviously, I want to go on the world tour because this is what I want to do, and I'm going to enjoy it, and I am going to learn people, and you know, well, make money, and don't so on and so forth. But one of the main reasons, like you know, like I said a few times, is fulfillment you know i want to be able to like learn things from other people hear other perspectives you know because my perspective is something that's not set in stone mm-hmm. and i think that's one thing that people should always understand my perspective is not going to be set in stone because i'm going to get different perspectives and sort of have a different nobody view yeah
0: nobody's perspective should be set in stone exactly like you know but some people's perspectives are yeah you
1: know and it's kind of an unfortunate thing but um You know, music is powerful and it's a universal language. And I really feel that way because people cannot even understand the words that you're saying. I mean, just think about some Latin music. Not everyone knows what the The words. Yeah. Yeah. Like Despacito, for example, Mm -hmm. that blew up over here. You know, not everyone knows what all those words mean, but it's just such a music. The music. They (laughs) understand the music. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's universal. Exactly. Um, well, speaking yeah. of music, uh, where's the best place for people to find your music?
1: Yes. So, um, www.crosscultureband.com is our website. Um, Cross Culture Band um, at Cross Culture Band. If you want to find us on Instagram, um, if you want to find the album, um, the album name album's name is Majesty, um, and you can find it on all streaming platforms: um, Spotify, iTunes, um, you know, Apple Music, um, you know, uh, Google Play, all you know all sort of online platforms um we will be putting up a store soon to get physical copies um and of course at our shows we'll be selling physical copies um which our next show i don't know exactly it's in may and i'll let you you know
0: know exactly when. i'll it add is. it to the show notes and everything then definitely with the definitely. links to everything you mentioned as well
1: awesome awesome um and and yeah so you can definitely find us learn a little bit more about us uh, my music is great but it's one thing hearing from me um because i'm one source You can actually (laughs) go to the concerts and actually get it from the primary source,
0: which is check it out live. (laughs) Check it out online.
1: Exactly. Um, Yeah.
0: Would you uh, like to leave us with any final words?
1: Um, Final words is be yourself, Um, understand yourself, be yourself and pursue yourself. Um,
0: Yeah. Thank you very much. So that was my conversation with Sedu Ezeek. Check out his band, Cross Culture. Check them out at crosscultureband.com. Check out their latest album, Majesty, available on iTunes and wherever you listen to music. Uh, they have a dope video for this song called Clockwork. Check, it out. Check that out. Um, all the links for that and everything else will be on the show notes for this um, on bushwickvarietyshow.com. If you like what you're hearing so far, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. And thank you very much again for listening, and have a great week ahead. Peace.